Hello all my nieces and nephews, welcome to Auntie Jojo's library. All listeners are welcome in my library, but it was specifically created for my seven wonderful nieces and nephews. This episode, I'll be reading chapters 10, 11, and 12 from the Calico Illustrated Classics, Peter Pan. Let's get started. Chapter 10, Wendy's Story. The Indians and Peter became friends after Peter saved Tiger Lily from the pirates. There was nothing the Indians wouldn't do for Peter. All night, they kept watch over the home underground. They called Peter the Great White Father, which pleased him. One night, Peter went out to get the time for Wendy. The only way to get the time was to find the crocodile and stay near him till the clock struck. When he returned, he had nuts for the boys and the time for Wendy. At last, it was time for Wendy to tell her stories. Tonight, they'd hear the story Wendy loved best, but Peter hated most. Usually, when she starts to tell stories, Peter would put his hands over his ears or leave the room. Perhaps, if he had done either of those things this evening, then this wouldn't be their last night on the island, but he didn't. He sat on the stool and waited for Wendy to begin. Listen, said Wendy as she settled the children at the foot of her bed. There once was a gentleman named Mr. Darling. Miss Darling was his wife. I knew them, John said to annoy the others. I think I knew them, said Michael rather doubtfully. They were married and had three children, said Wendy. We can't forget Nana, their faithful nanny. Mr. Darling was angry with Nana and chained her up one evening, so all the children flew away. It's an awfully good story, said Nibs. They flew away, Wendy continued, to the Neverland, where the lost children are. Oh, Wendy, cried Toodles. Was one of the lost children called Toodles? Yes, he was. But let's think of the unhappy parents with empty beds at home. I don't see how it could have a happy ending, said Toodles. If you know how great a mother's love was, Wendy said, smiling, you would have no fear. She now came to the part Peter hated. You see, mother would always leave the window open for the children to fly back in. So they stayed in Neverland for years and years and had a lovely time. Wendy was sure that that's what all mothers would do. But someone in the room knew better. When Wendy finished her story, that person let out a groan. It was Peter. You're wrong about mothers, Wendy. Long ago, I thought that my mother would keep the window open for me. I stayed away for many moons. When I flew back, the window was locked. Mother had forgotten all about me. And there was another little boy sleeping in my bed. Wendy wasn't sure if she was telling the truth. If he was telling the truth, but it scared her anyways. John and Michael trembled. Wendy, let's go home. Yes said Wendy, clutching them. Tonight? asked the lost boys. At once, Wendy replied. Perhaps Mother misses us right now. She didn't once think of Peter's feelings. Peter, will you make the arrangements for us to return? Wendy asked. 
if you wish, he answered, slightly annoyed. If she didn't mind leaving him, he decided he wouldn't mind either, but of course he cared very much. Grown-ups spoiled everything. When Peter went to talk to the Indians about Wendy, the Lost Boys became very sad. What will happen to us? cried one of the twins. It will be worse than before the Wendy lady came. The boys huddled around her and refused to let her go. Let's keep her prisoner, said one. Chain her up! cried another. Peter returned at once, and the Lost Boys knew that they had to let Wendy go. Peter would never allow them to keep a girl in the Netherland, in Neverland against her wishes. Wendy, I have asked the Indians to guide you through the woods since flying tries you. After that, Tink will take you across the sea. Tink had been delighted to hear that Wendy was leaving. However, she wasn't thrilled to learn that she must travel with her. It was all happening so fast. The lost boys sulked and became quiet. Wendy sensed their sadness. Boys, if you come with me, I'm sure I can get a m my mother and father to adopt you. The invitation was meant especially for Peter, but each boy thought only of himself and jumped with joy. Won't they think we're a handful? Nibs asked. Oh, no said Wendy. It will only mean having extra beds around. They all cried out, Peter, can we go? Peter replied with a bitter smile, all right, go if you must. They immediately rushed to get their things. You must go get your things too, Peter, said Wendy. No, he answered, I'm not going with you. To show that he was fine with her leaving, he skipped away, playing his pipes as if he hadn't a care in the world. We could find your mother, Wendy called out. Now, if Peter ever had a mother, he no longer missed her. He could do very well without one. Besides, they ruined everything, didn't they? No, no, he told Wendy. Perhaps she would say, I was old. I just want to be a little boy and have fun. The others had to be told. Peter isn't coming said Wendy with tears in her eyes. The lost boys gazed at Peter Pan. They didn't want to leave him behind. If you do go and find your mother, said Peter, I do hope you like them. He turned to Wendy. No fussing now, no blubbering. Goodbye, Wendy. He held out a hand for her to shake. Are you ready, Tink? Tink nodded. Then lead the way, said Peter. Chapter 11 carried off. The pirate attack was a complete surprise. Tink darted to the top of the trees, but no one followed her. At that moment, the pirates attacked the Indians. At first, the Indians were slow to react. By the time they got their weapons, it was too late for most of them. Panther did manage to clear a path and escape with Tiger Lily. Peter and the children heard the commotion from below. Peter rose up at once and grabbed his sword. What to do? The night's work for Hook wasn't over yet, for it was not the Indians he had come to destroy. It was Peter he wanted. Peter is such a small boy, and one must wonder why Hook hated him so much. True, he had flung Hook's arm to the crocodile, but that's not why Hook despised him. No, it was Peter's cockiness that drove Hook mad. Peter's cocky ways made Hook's iron claw twitch. He thought of Peter still alive, and that made Hook feel as if he were a lion in a sparrow's cage. The question now was how to get down to the trees. Hook ran his eyes over the trees looking for the thinnest one. In the meantime, which side had won? 
That's the question the pirates heard the lost boys asking from below. Then they heard Peter's answer. If the Indians have won, they will beat the Tom-Tom. It's a sign of victory. Smee searched and found the Tom-Tom. Hook gave Smee the signal to beat the Tom-Tom. Smee understood the dreadful wickedness of the order. Never had he admired Hook so much. Smee hit the drum twice. The Tom-Tom, Peter cried. An Indian victory! The doomed children answered with a cheer that was music to the black hearts above. They immediately repeated their goodbyes to Peter, which puzzled the pirates. Silently, Hook gave his orders. One man was assigned to each tree. The others arranged themselves in a line, waiting to catch the boys. The first to emerge from the tree was Curly. He rose straight up into the arms of Seiko. Seiko flung him at Smee, which flung him at Starkey who flung him at Bill Jukes, who flung him at Noodler, until he fell at the heels of Hook. All the boys were plucked from their trees in the same manner. Wendy wasn't treated as cruelly. With, a much, with as much politeness as he could muster, Hook raised his hat at her. He offered his arm and escorted her to where the others were bound and gagged. The boys were tied with rope to prevent them from flying away. All went well until Slidey's turn came. Every time they tried to tie him tight in one area, he would bulge out in another. Hook was curious about this. How did he ever fit down the tree? Hook discovered a secret. Slidey drank lots of water. Too much water. The water would swell in his belly. The first thing Hook did when he was alone was go straight to Slidey's tree. Surely he could fit inside. He listened for the sounds below. When he heard none, he wondered if Peter Pan was sleeping or waiting with a dagger in his hand. The only way to find out was to go down. Hook let his jacket slip to the ground, and he stepped into the tree. He was a brave man, but for a moment he had to stand there. Then, silently, he let himself go down to the unknown. When he emerged below, his eyes rested on the great bed before him, the bed where Peter lay sleeping. Unaware of what had happened above, Peter had fallen asleep. His dagger sat on the floor. Hook stood silent, looking at his enemy. As he started to walk towards Peter, he made an awful discovery. The gap between the door and the room wasn't big enough for him to fit through. Would Peter escape Hook once more? Hook caught sight of Peter's medicine on the ledge. He smiled as he took out the poison he carried with him. Adding five drops into Peter's medicine, Hook knew that Peter would die once he sipped it. He took one last look at the cocky Peter and wormed his way up the tree. Peter slept on. He was awakened by the soft tapping of the door of his tree. Peter reached for his dagger. Who is it? No answer. I won't open it unless you speak, Peter cried. Then at last the visitor spoke in a lovely bell-like voice. Let me in, Peter. It was Tink. She flew in excitedly, her face flushed and her dress stained with mud. He to she told Peter about the capture of Wendy and the boys. Peter's heart bobbed up and down. Wendy bound on a pirate ship? This is the most awful news for Peter. After all, he knew Wendy liked everything just so. I'll rescue her, he cried, leaping up to get his weapon. He reached for his medicine, knowing how much it would please Wendy if he took it. No! shrieked Tink. She had heard Hook talking about his evil deed as he sped through the forest. It's poison! It was Hook! Don't be silly, said Peter. 
How could Hook get down here? Tinkerbell could not explain, for even she didn't think the dark secret of Slidey's tree. She didn't know the dark secret of Slidey's tree. Nevertheless, Hook's words left no room for doubt. The cup was poisoned. Besides, said Peter, I never fall asleep. He raised the cup. With one of her lightning movements, Tink got between his lips and the cup and drank it down. Why, Tink, how dare you drink my medicine? Tink didn't answer. Tink couldn't answer. Already she suffered. Peter was suddenly afraid. What's the matter with you? It was poison, Peter. I'm gonna die, said Tink. Oh, Tink, did you drink it to save me? Why? asked Peter. Tink's wings could barely carry her now. She whispered in his ear, You are a silly one. Then she totted, trotted to her room and lay on the bed. Her light grew fainter by the minute. Peter knew that if it went out, Tink would be no more. Chapter 12 Do You Believe? Peter cried. Tink whispered, I think I can get well again if children believe in fairies. Peter flung out his arm. There were no children there, and it was a nightmare. But he thought of all the children who might be dreaming of the Neverland. Surely there were near enough to him to hear his cries. Do you believe? he shouted. Tink, although weak, set up to listen to her fate. If you believe, Peter shouted. Clap your hands! Don't let Tink die! Many clapped, some did not. A few beasts, a few little beasts hissed. Then as quickly as the claps came, they stopped. It was as if mothers had rushed into the nurseries to see what was happening. But already, Tink was saved. Her voice grew stronger. Then she popped out of bed and flashed through the room. She never thought of thanking those who believed, but she would have loved to strike out those who hissed. And now to rescue Wendy. Peter knew he couldn't fly that evening. To do so would mean trailing his shadow through the trees and alerting the enemy that he was approaching. He had no choice but to travel as the Indians did. He would walk and look for signs of which way to go. He had learned that from Tiger Lily. He finally spotted the Jolly Roger. It lay low in the mouth of the Pirate River. Some pirates were sprawled by the barrels over games and dice. A few slept wherever they could find a place to curl up out of Hook's reach. Others were drinking and dancing. Hook walked about the ship, feeling terribly alone. He should have felt jubilant. After all, Peter Pan was gone now, wasn't he? Are the children trained so they don't fly away? asked Hook. Aye, aye, Captain, said the pirates together. Then hoist them up, ordered Hook. The prisoners were dragged from their hold, except for Wendy. My boys, six of you will walk the plank tonight, said Hook. But two of you will become my cabin boys. Which will it be? Toodles remembered that Wendy had said not to irritate Hook, so he stepped forward. Sir, I, I don't think my mother would want me to be a pirate. He looked at Slightly. Slightly, would your mother want you to be a pirate? Slightly shook his head. Toodles continued. Nibs, would your... Stop the gabbing, screamed Hook. He turned towards John. You boy, 
You look like you have a little pluck in you. Did you ever want to be a pirate, me hearty? John was surprised Hook was Hook had singled him out. I, well, I, I once thought of calling myself Handy Jack. A good name, said Hook. We'll call you that here if you join. What, what do you think, Michael? asked John. What would you call me if I joined, said Michael. Blackbeard Joe? Michael was impressed. What do you think, John? John wanted Michael to decide, and Michael wanted John to decide. Will you still be respectful subjects of King? John inquired. Through Hook's teeth came the answer. You'd have to swear down with the king. Then I refuse, said John. And I refuse too, cried Michael. Hook roared. That seals your doom. Bring up their mother. Get the plank ready. Since they were only little boys, they went white when they saw Jukes and Sika prepare the fatal plank. But they tried to look brave when they saw Wendy. Wendy despised the pirates. She looked around the deck and could only see a ship that hadn't been scrubbed for years. But the boys gathered around her. She thought nothing nothing but saving them. So, my beauty, said Hook, you are here to see your children walk the plank. Are they to die? asked Wendy. They are, Hook snarled. Silence all! Let the mother have her last words to her children. She looked at each one. These are my last words to you all. I have a message to you from your real mothers, and it is this. We hope our sons die like English gentlemen. Even the pirates were struck by Wendy's words. Toodles cried out, I, I will do what my mother wishes. Will you do, Nibs? What my mother hopes. What are you going to do, John? But Hook found his voice once more. Tie her up! It was Smee who tied Wendy to the mast. See here, honey, he whispered. I'll save you if you promise to be my mother. She would never make such a promise for a pirate. I would almost rather have no children at all, she said with a look of horror on her face. All the boys stared at the plank. They knew each was about to have his last walk, and make, and that made them shiver. Hook smiled and stepped towards Wendy. He had planned to turn her face so she could see each boy walk the plank one by one, but he never reached her. He heard something instead, something much more dreadful. They all heard it, the terrible of the crocodile. The pirates, the boys, and Wendy all turned their heads towards Hook all knew what was about to happen. It was frightening to see the change come over him. He fell into a little heap with each tick approaching. The crocodile was about to board the ship. Even Hook's iron claw didn't move right. It took a minute before Hook's gigantic brain started to work. He crawled on his knees along the deck as far as as far from the sound as he could go. The pirates respectively cleared a passage for him. Hide me he whispered. They gathered around him. They had no intention of fighting the crocodile, for they believed this was Hook's fate. Only when Hook was hidden from them did the boys loosen their ropes and rush to the ship's side to see the crocodile. Then they got the strangest surprise ever. No crocodile was coming to their aid. It was Peter. He signaled them not to give away the secret. Then he went right on ticking.
Thank you so much for joining me for the reading of these chapters of Peter Pan. On Thursday, the 21st, we'll be reading chapters 13, 14, and 15, and that will finish the book of Peter Pan for us. On January 25th, we'll start Beauty and the Beast. I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you, and I appreciate all your support this far. The month of February, I'll be reading books on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so tune in on those two days to hear more stories from your favorite aunt. As always, if you have a story request or you'd like to submit a story to be read on future episodes, email me at auntiejojoslibrary at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you. Thank you.